Is that Tony? Yeah. Hoody! Hoody! That was a strong one. No. That was a gusto. <laughs> That's like being an MJR. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they changed the intro. It's harder to do the clap now. Yes! <laughs> when did they change it? Was it after we went to see Dune? Because it was in Dune. No, it, it was. Because I clapped at Dune. No, last time I was at MJR, they. I actually th like this better. They have more like classic movies in the intro instead yeah, of just like Grant. Yeah, yeah, okay, no, Trinity. Yeah. I'm like, Grant, you've browned. I have. I'm sorry. Why are you apologizing? I I <laughs> <laughs> he wants to become a bronze god. <laughs> Outside, what's that? <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile, over here, I don't burn. It is interesting that you dress so brightly for someone that is averse to the sun. I have to make up for it somehow. It hurts when I put pants on. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Please tell me you got that, that is, on there. That is how... <laughs> they tell me that that is how sunburn works. I have no personal experience with this, so I would not know. Well, it's usually an indication that you didn't wear very much clothing when you got said burn. Is what? It was one of those special resorts, man. You know, grown-ups go to them sometimes. When in Rome. He could have right. been wearing hoochie shorts. <laughs> or as they're called now, hoochie daddy shorts. Has anyone looked into these? No. <laughs> is it just the short shorts? ridiculous. There's a whole fad right hoochie now. Hoochie daddy shorts? Hoochie daddy shorts. As opposed to hoochie mama shorts, because what is gender? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's also a song. Actually, is that when hood that rat, hood rat, hoochie mama? Yeah, it's a life song. This that's, you said oh, no, I knew. Okay, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying that there's a current fad of hoochie daddy shorts. This song sounds fake, but it's okay. It's a song. Uh, no, no, no. The, it started with several bisexual men on my page just showing out in their hoochie shorts. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love it. And then less disclosing people who are presumably straight are like, oh my god, can you help me find some hoochie daddy shorts? And I'm like, it's, what? <laughs> so, you know, they just look like, I don't know, have you ever seen like this pictures? Like TikTok nonsense right here. Have you ever it seen like be. pictures of like athletes playing basketball back in like the mm -hmm. 60s and they had the really, really short shorts? True. So, okay. It's that's kind being, of the similar concept, but tighter. Yes. And that's what's being marketed as the Hoochie Daddy shorts, but the actual, like the ones that, you know, my beloved tr entrusted bisexuals invented, mm -hmm. I'm just giving it to them because why not, are the same as Hoochie Mama shorts, which is they have to be made of jean material. Right. Yes. They have to be cut. <laughs> Shorts, like you so have, that you, you see have the to, strings, and they have yeah. to be short. Like. And you have to sometimes, if there's pockets, the pockets have to hang down. Yep. Yeah. Right. Because that, like that. Yes. That is. It's Daisy Dukes. Well, okay. Daisy Luke's. But in the sure. hood. <laughs> but they're hoochie mama shorts. Yes. So I'm I'm fully okay, cool with people making their own hoochie daddy shorts. That's great. This whole marketing thing is just because you heard it on a song. Yeah. Is starting to really wear on my nerves. So they're the shorts that you just have to be uncomfortable in all the time. Got no, it? You know what? The ones yes. that I found. I, yeah. Absolutely. I guess. I don't know. I hear. I don't know. I could if your thighs you. are thick, yes. Because all they're going to do is ride up. Chafing. Hello. Re, re this my, is my best yeah, friend. Re my two rompers, but it's fine. They're cute. <laughs> on that note. I'd like to know what Andy's reading today. Uh, yep, yeah, episode 42, the meaning of 
podcast. Hey, we are the talk- meaning of life today. We are talking about the meaning of representation. life. Representation. We sure so, are. Which we, is the meaning of are. life. <laughs> it's true. See, let's go round. Nobody we'll else has gotten the thing. Right. I am. Oh, 40. Okay. <laughs> I got there. Oh, for shame. <laughs> Took me a second. <laughs> Douglas 42. Adam, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, the meaning of life is 42. <laughs> I know. 42. I'm not a hitchhiker's person. I'm a Dirk Gently person. Um, I only saw the movie, but okay. it still makes sense. I, I've, yeah, I've never, I've actually never engaged with any hitchhiker's material. What am I reading? Okay, yes. what am I reading today? It is your beloved Dungeon Daddy, Andy, um, and I will pass the, the <laughs> I was going to say the, the... He said it out loud. What? Again. Oh, it's a, it's a thing. It's official. It's been a thing, yes. Because you made it a thing. What are you reading? I will, I, I will pass the, 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 the um, never mind, I can't say that. Um, to Lord Inch in a minute, but I am reading, I'm diving into the familiar and not so happy, but I like it anyways, to territory of dystopian with, and I'm actually pretty close to being done, it's, oh my gosh, um, Tender is the Flesh by, speaking I need oh to, you're reading that one, speaking of Dutch, oh, I need to look no. up how to say their name, um, Augusta, Augustina Basterica, it's probably something crazy Polish that I don't know how. It is a translation. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Um, cool. But it's, it's chaotic. It's, it's the well, general synopsis of this: in the future, all general animal life on the planet is deemed toxic to humans. So humans, of course, go on this giant binge where they're immolating anything that walks the earth because it's now toxic to them. So they turn to the only source of life left on earth. That isn't toxic to them as a source of meat. Ah, huh, cannibalism. Yep. Exactly. Yep, got it. Um, and it's kind of. There mean, are. We'd do it if we didn't have any other options. There are some interesting <laughs> notes in it. Uh, Which of us would you eat first? Yeah. I got good marbling. Actually, it probably would be Andy first. Because <laughs> I, oh, I was about to ask, can it be me first so I don't have to live <laughs> on the planet any longer? Oh, that's terrible. Okay, so the book is good. You like it's, it? It's, it's it's pretty demented. It's okay. pretty good. Um, okay. I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it, as much as one can. Something so, but I love dystopian. You do so, love dystopian. Yeah, um, it's your bag. It's, All right. It's Ooh. good. Lord Ish. I sir. Uh, thank you for passing the book. I am. <laughs> that, uh, lo, that's Grant, um, library clerk extraordinaire. Just in case you forgot, or are new to this podcast. Yes. Well, and if so, why are you here? Go back to episode one. God. You, you missed the important storylines and everything. You, know? <laughs> you missed all the context. Anyways, Lord Ish. I am about to finish uh, Libra by Don DeLillo. Oh, yeah. It is a fictionalized retelling of Lee Harvey Oswald's kind of life hmm. story okay. mixed in with DeLillo's version of a conspiracy. Um, you know, to assassinate JFK, obviously. Sure, because um, who is Lee Harvey Oswald without that? Right? I know exactly. Yeah. Um, it deals with a lot of ideas like conflict, um, coincidence, and predetermination and everything. Because mm. um, when you when you look into it, there are a lot of weird coincidences uh-huh. in that story. Like uh-huh. this person knew that person. Yeah, yeah. He went to school with this. Yeah. Of, but anyways, um, it's written very well and it's a page turner, and I'm enjoying it. Nice. Yay. Yep. Okay, so I've put Game of Thrones on ice for a, mo- a moment. Not fire? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's great. I still like it. It's just I'm putting it on ice for a moment because I need comfort reads. So to begin my, you know, summer of comfort reads, I started with The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman, which is funny as a comfort read because it's... It's definitely not. It's not comfortable. It's sad and depressing. Um, Certainly the beginning is more depressing the second time around. The first time it was just like, oh my gosh, can we get through through this to the, you know, the Neil Gaiman part of the story? Um, But the beginning... there's little things like um, the fact that this kid, no one shows up to this kid's birthday party, so he's really sad about it, but he's happy about his Batman figure and his Narnia books. And he says, there's a line where he says, <coughs> I prefer the company of books to people. And I, just I mean, that is like, such an accurate I'm statement. Like, you know, at 33, I've earned that. <laughs> at seven, <laughs> his own baby sister refuses to be a part of his birthday party. So, like, you know, this kid is pretty sad. So, but it's a good book. I love it. Um, anyway, that's what I'm reading. Uh, right now I'm splitting my time between a book and, like, three games. So, uh, book-wise, I'm reading Cursed Objects, Strange But True Stories, The World's Most in- Infamous Items Ooh. by J.W. Ocker. Um, essentially, just, I've been reading it weirdly, so instead of just going through the book normally, because... They're written as little entries on the different objects. Oh, I've cool. just been opening it to a random object in the book and then finding where that begins and then reading that object like every day because cool. so it's just interesting to do that. I haven't gotten to Annabelle yet, but when I do, you'll all hear about it because I'll start screaming in the middle of the room. <laughs> um, Does it have the Divic box? They should have the Divic boxes, but you can pe- they can make you can make your own Divic boxes. So I'm not entirely sure if we're talking about the specific Divic box. Or the other specific Dubik box, because there's like nine of them. Anyways, spookiness aside, wait till our Halloween podcast for me to explain that nonsense. Nine? Yeah, it gets worse than that, because you can make more. I'll I'll explain it to you after this. Um, And then games-wise, Sims 4 Werewolves came out, so I've been playing Sims 4 Werewolves. Of course you have. There's a whole entire Gordon Ramsay reference if you accidentally eat raw meat, and I'm living for it. Oh, yeah. I showed up to you Saturday. Genius. Um, Genius. And then I'm also playing uh, Legend of Mana again, because when am I not? It's um, <laughs> beautiful. Storyline story is basically uh, the whole entire world has gone into shambles, and you have to put it back together again. Um, and then I'm also playing Wasteland 2, which is a dystopian Ooh, cool. game that's kind of like a CRPG, D&D yeah. type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Western, where you're going around in like a new Arizona area to go do a whole bunch of stuff I haven't gotten too far yet, except for collecting random people and minions, mm. because that is what I do. And currently I'm in this place dungeon of like poison, and I don't know if I'm going to live or if I'm going to have to make new characters. Yeah. So, uh, Jen, <laughs> what are you doing? I just literally about 10 minutes before my shift started this morning finished don't give me that look (laughs) postcards from summer by cynthia platt oh yeah how was that which was really entertaining it's really long but it actually does chip away at a good pace dual timeline uh in the now our character is lexi her mother died when she was like five years old of this undiagnosed heart defect Mm. and her father has essentially just never talked about her mother Mm. since so then when she gets a package from her estranged grandmother addressed to what what she thinks is her first name and her mother's maiden name, she's like, well, 
guess I gotta explore this, and she ends up on Mackinac Island for the summer. Hmm. In the past timeline, we have her seven, like 16, 17-year-old mother, her name is Emma, and we are sort of unraveling some of the mysteries about what was left behind in the box, and who Lexi's father might be, because there are two guys in the picture, oh. neither of whom has the same name as her dad in the current timeline. But, okay, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's just a lot to unpack, and it was good, like it was a little bit... You could kind of tell it wasn't written by a Michigander because it was referred to as University of Michigan in full every single time it was mentioned in the text. Girl, bye. But it was a really, like, the character still felt realistic and well-developed, <laughs> and I was interested in seeing how this all got unpacked. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. I do want to throw out there really quick, I forgot to say what I'm playing. Um, I'm going to be playing it a lot more over the next like, week. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Mm. Uh, on the Nintendo Switch. I mean, it's on other platforms as well. Mm -hmm. But if you have any awareness of the NES arcade cabinets of yesteryear, the side-scrolling side -scrolling beat 'em up action of the Turtles, it's <coughs> it's wonderful. It's all that and more. It's going to be great. And there are unlockable characters in it as well. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. So, um, I mean, right now you get the four Turtles. You get April O'Neil and Casey, or not Casey Jones, but Splinter. But I know Casey Jones is an unlockable character mm. and I desperately want to play you know as some weird little hockey mask wearing vigilante it's uh -huh. gonna be great okay <sighs> now I just gotta get my lifelong friend Ryan to get a Nintendo Switch so you can play together play it of course because we spent many an hour at uh, Al Aladdin's castle blissfully unaware that they were selling drugs in the back room <laughs> <laughs> well we sunk quarter after quarter into the turtles cabinet oh, our daily cabinet so but yes but what are we discussing uh, today pride what do you want me to do it again yes <laughs> <laughs> wait what pride, pride! <laughs> wait wait that, that was only two of Duh. us <laughs> <laughs> enunciation yes we're not prying anything yeah. open but what are what are we priding about Tony Queer representation. Wait, no. <laughs> Queer representation in television, Ooh. not in movies, but in television. In television. Oh, like TV shows okay. specifically? Yeah, because movies, you know, they're still they're still behind. That's true. Um, <laughs> just, Literally, you know. there was like a big outcry over. <laughs> there was Love right Simon, now. and then. Right, exactly. So, in that case... <laughs> Didn't you see the end of uh, the last Star Wars, where those two people kissed for like half it. a second? <laughs> yeah. You are trying to I felt so Tony is literally about to throw one of these books you at you. Trying trying to to the room. What about when they made Josh Gad gay in the Beauty and the Beast live action? That I did not mind. Um, Who did Josh Gad play? The food. The food. Well, that's yeah. normal. Like we already know yeah, that. that. And but honestly, I think the hype around that was a much bigger deal than what appears in the actual movie, and I liked that. People were all like losing their minds, like, "Oh my god, why would you?" or whatever, on both sides. Yeah. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, "Oh, that was done exactly as it should have been done. It makes sense to me. It's no, he acted you know, it well. I just feel like all that feeling, like he's gonna be gay in the movie, like it was like a big deal. And I'm like, it just it was." fine listen they're yelling it was about fine. yeah, yeah. Right now, uh, yeah so. i feel yeah i do feel like they like the announcement was made to definitely like i don't know why but yeah. i didn't care so much about the announcement i cared about the hullabaloo afterwards people made such a big deal about it and i'm like 
For better or for worse. Yeah, yeah, but like either or, and it yeah. was just like, what's the big deal? And there were so many people who were concerned. They were like, but if the affection is returned, then that means you're turning the the biggest villain ever into a game. And it's like, no, it's called one-sided. This happens yeah. all it was the time. Unrequited crush. Right. You know, this happens for gay people too. A lot. Who definitely had that in the animated film too. So yeah, I mean, it's, he it's, adored. Gaston. Yeah, so just make it a little bit, you know, a little bit gay. It's fine. Fine. We're, we're not here to talk about movie failures um, or successes. TV shows. Such as? Uh, wait, uh, are we starting with me? Cause I, well, who watches you know, TV in here? I'll just launch. Oh. See, like, this is one of those areas where, like, I watch a few shows. I mean, just in the vein of, like, what is it? Shit's Creek. Um, mm-hmm. David Rose. Loved him. Okay. I just think I love Dan Levy in general like I, I see him in great. interviews I've seen him in other things now and I'm like I just like you dude you're awesome yeah. um, and then what is it I'm trying to think there are other little shows here and there there's what is it I've started watching Modern Family because someone said that Ugh. when I played in Tony and Tina's wedding they're like you remind me of Cameron oh god which <laughs> I'm so mad but like because I hadn't watched it prior to that that, that statement mm-hmm. but I'm so mad because I'm like I do it better like <laughs> like I, I, they're right I am very much like him in, in, in regards to so opinions about I'm that. fuming. I, you know... I don't care for the show overall that much. It's more like background, but The still. show is fine. It's... It's Trail? Huh? For Modern trail? Family. I hate the gay couple in that show. Um, because as... Well, I guess that's a bit... They're not your favorite. Why do you hate them? They're not your OCD. I think that those two men would never have fallen in love with each other. Period. Well, they're really? complete opposite. And that is what drives me bonkers. It's like all of the other couples make sense together, and then you, those two. And it's like you wanted a gay couple. You wanted them to be wacky. You wanted to give them a reason to be gay and funny. And it's like, sorry, boo. Will and Grace already happened. We do not need you to repeat this. Because you think you have a cool concept. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's not modern. It's stupid and actually insulting. Um, so I find their particular portrayal rather insulting, which is interesting because one of the two of them is gay and maybe he needed a paycheck. Whatever. I don't really care. I'm yeah. glad for his Wait, career. Wait, the other's not? Um, no, Cam is not. Cam's um, the... Which one's the redhead one? Mitchell? Mitchell. Mitchell, yeah. Mitchell's Listen, gay. I don't yeah. watch Modern Family. Yeah, I, I don't did. know their name. Yeah. Yeah, I know so the show existed. Mitch, but... Mitchell's gay. So Cam's not. Cam is the after, caricature after. of that. Yes. And okay. actually, I loathe Cam. Um, but I also don't like Mitchell because I'm like, these two people seem to hate each other. And that's annoying to me. And the fact that they stay together for nine seasons and raise children that way, I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm tired. Well, at least since they already do that with a lot of straight people in sitcoms, at least we get to see it for uh, queer representation you know, like, now. Yeah. Is it a stride? I don't Ooh, think it's a stride. Maybe, not the, right, maybe is it is, it? not the right stride. I don't think it is. Like, but in terms of, especially within the sitcom arena, like, I'm thinking about, speaking of another show that actually, like, did queer representation in a really slick and cool fashion, despite its sequel series and we won't talk about it. Roseanne. Okay. Does I understand. A oh my gosh, what's her name? job with um, Sarah Gilbert. Sarah, yeah, Sarah Gilbert, Gilbert, but I can't remember her name. Kids. Not Darling. Yeah. It's Darling. Darling, yeah. Okay, I had to Fantastic think about it. job with like balancing all of that, handling all of that. Roseanne 
I think it's the first time that a lot of people understood that Roseanne was actually a loving mother, um, not just a loving wife. Like, it was very clear that she liked her husband, even though she thought he was an idiot. Um, (laughs) But the fact that she could look her most difficult child in the face and go, you know what? You make so much more sense to me now, and I still love you anyway. And it was was like, what? I I just... I love that moment in the show. It wasn't a big deal afterwards. It was just like, boom, Darlene's gay. We kind of already knew it. Next. As an aside, <laughs> really quick about that show that I like about Dan and Roseanne, is that there's that trope I hate in TV, the, the overly witty, smart wife and the idiotic husband. Like, <laughs> like she might have been by nature of her character, kind Everybody of like sharks for everyone. But he was never portrayed as like a stupid male. I agree. And I always appreciated that. Yeah. Just aside, let's get back on task. I don't want yeah. to derail yes. anything. But, <laughs> um, but like, okay, like, should we list off like examples? Like, and this is going to be deferred to other people because like I would really have to think hard. Like, okay, like, and I've seen, I know plenty, but like right off the tip of my head, I can't just list them. I only know gay them. couples in TV. Curtain Blade. Curtain Blade. Blade. Uh, what's that from? Get out. Get out. Yeah. Air in charge. <laughs> and Santana. I love um, them. They're oh so toxic. That's why I didn't like them. I'm like, you two should not be left yeah. alone in a room together. No, they should not. They were super toxic. But I like anything that the balancing of that was what I enjoyed. Yeah, when they, they were good, the one... they were really good. And then every so often, one of them did something. I'm like, yo. Huh. Uh, red fam. Yeah, right. fam. <laughs> but I liked that you got to see... Both couples exist in the same high school at the same time. Yes. So that you didn't have the one, like, heavenly portrayal or the one horrible portrayal. You had them both in balance to one another. No, and I appreciate, too, that I think it was Naya Rivera especially. Mm -hmm. Back in season one. R.I.P.? Yes. Blessings on her memory. Mm -hmm. That, like, back in season one, when they were still just kind of feeling everyone's character out and Mm -hmm. developing things. Yeah. They were apparently going to just have, like, a throwaway line about, like, yeah, sometimes Brittany and I like to make out. And I was like, time out. If you're going to do this, then I want to do it. I want this to be a real relationship that yeah. happens on the show. Yeah. I want this to get developed the way that you're going to develop a storyline for Kurt. Yeah. yeah. And I, God bless her for yeah. going for that. I love that, especially because the two of them had been that classic thing that you see all the time with... Um, <laughs> Friends of the same gender in every TV show. It's been code since the 30s, 40s, 50s, whenever TV first took off. Where if you see, you know, that term bromance that really irritates me. Supernatural is really guilty of this. Supernatural is really guilty of this. Where you put two people of the same sex together. They're not related to one another, but they're constantly cracking jokes and poking at each other. And, you know, they're leaning on each other and they can cry on each other's shoulders. But nobody really thinks too seriously about it. Because if you do, then you start to look between the lines and know that, wait a minute, those two probably woke up and met together this morning. The entire internet thinks about it. It is. Well, of course. I assure you. Yes. But it's one of those things that you cannot get away with in television anymore. Thank you, Naya Rivera. Because the audience is tired of it. They're like, no. Either they're gay or they're not. Like, get please, off the pod. Like, yeah. please decide. <laughs> yeah, like decide or we'll decide for you, Arthur. <laughs> and then the writers were like, you know what? Let's run with because <laughs> the Arthur writers are insane. Um, <laughs> Any Merlin, Merlin writers are insane. Yeah, what's Merlin? Merlin? The show. Are you talking Merlin. about Martha? Talking about Martha. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Well, I'm talking about um, the BBC, the BBC show Merlin. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, Merlin and Arthur uh, were are incredibly queer. So they are so <laughs> queer coded. It's ridiculous. Yes. Obviously, I've only seen in like the six show. episodes, and I was like having an yeah. aneurysm every single and time. And I don't know if they ever actually confirm it, but I do know at one point on Tumblr, like someone, one of the writers revealed that they follow what's going on on Tumblr, and yeah. they totally lean in in the yeah, writer's yeah. room. Like, they're like, yeah, we were going to just have this scene do this, but then That's because Tumblr. literally BBC just <laughs> follows us because we scream <laughs> I don't think they down. ever actually, like, made it official. On no, the because they, they, they oh, finished wow. the show before it became a thing because, who was oh, it, Arthur? Right. Arth- the guy who played Arthur decided that he didn't want to do the show anymore after, like, six seasons, so they had to literally, like, cut it cold turkey. So they have to kill him because he's King Arthur. Yeah. Oh, and so they sure. had to finish the show that way, so we never fully got confirmation either way on if they really were queer-coded or not. Oh, um, it was just kind of one of those things where, like, the audience knew we could see it. It was literally right there. But, like, then we have Gwen come in because we have to have the Ethereum Legends in there. But then we have Gawain come in at the same time. So you're like, well, they're busy doing their thing. Please let this happen. And they're like, <laughs> no. Question. And they run yes. around like Supernatural did for okay. like seven years. I, I just want to make sure because I was starting to think about this. But in this example, is the queer coding clever slash good slash i mean when does it become farcical like because I, I don't know the show first off um, i can't i can't look at it and be like oh that's good that's it wasn't, disrespectful. I don't it know. wasn't bad like it was definitely like very baiting at times yeah. um like and i'm saying this is somebody who literally watched all six seasons when they okay. were airing yeah, at the yeah, time yeah they were very baiting like it was times where like i'm sitting there going Oh my god, like literally you could just like let this happen right now because something bad just happened and they saved each other and now they're like literally standing nose <laughs> yeah, to nose like and you're crying like, in each other's arms. Like, yeah, please, yes. I'm literally that. gonna smack your heads together. Yeah. But they never went the route that Supernatural did with their queer coding of characters. Because that was horrifying and terrible and should never happen in a show ever, but it did. But like, I feel like if you look at, you know, queer baiting as like a term and mm-hmm. a thing, mm. Merlin handles it a lot better and baits you in a better, like it's still baiting, it's still bad, but it's done in a more tasteful way to the point where you're like, you can I, still enjoy the television. I can show. still enjoy the television show and everything else that's going along with it. Sure. Even if they don't end up together and if they end up being bi or something else, like mm-hmm. you could see where the writers were going with it. But with Supernatural, it was more just like, I'm going to grab the jar and, like, shove my hand in it and pick out a paper, and that tells me who's well, here that's today. A, that's just the CW for you. That's just the CW they had for good, you. I know none of you guys watch Supergirl. They had pretty but, good representation. Don't you get petty with me, ma'am. I did for a while. They had good representation with that one. They have fantastic yeah, yeah. representation in Legends of Tomorrow because I was about to say Sarah Lance yeah. from the Arrowverse is going a from a really girl, great lesbian Davis. character. Oh, cool. Nice. They should have yeah. also made Kara a lesbian, but the CW is full of cowards, and I am willing to say that on tape. Can we tag them? <laughs> cowards! Oh, yeah, that's true. Because the entire cast of... Um, 
Vampire Diaries slept with each other in the first three seasons, but there were no same-sex relationships. Somehow! There was also still no um, like Damon Klaus? and Bonnie, like it, there was supposed to be, and... What? Damon and Bonnie, like the two, like the okay, actors... that's just weird. No, because... You've seen the show. Yes. Season five, season five, I think, when they're stuck in the thing. Oh, yeah, that. They wanted to be in a relationship during that time period in the show, but Julie was like, LOL, no, because Bonnie doesn't get anything nice because it's Julie and we know how that is. <laughs> and um, so they didn't get to be a thing, but the actors fully wanted it to occur in the show. Ah. Uh, okay. So. Because Julie is. Yes. Julie. Mm-hmm. So fans of the show now. Yeah. You have a question to Obviously you enjoyed Heartstopper, Jen. So very deep. I'm reading um, I'm reading the comic right now. And, I'm so happy. Yes, Aaron is reading the Yes, yes. Um, I still need to watch it. Um, you you read still? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So no. you and I have no frame I of reference. I haven't gotten really. I Grant haven't gotten watched a couple episodes. Yeah. I watched a couple of yeah. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you, I mean, you know. Yeah, it was cute. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our flag means death, which is one that I would also like to get to at some point because I keep seeing it everywhere. What did you did? Did you end up watching it too, Grant? Or not oh, the whole thing? But, but just a few okay. thoughts, opinions. What is the pacing on Our Flag Meets Death? Oh my god! <laughs> is it just really <laughs> slow, or it didn't get good until like episode five? Good in what way? Like yeah. in that I actually wanted to hit next episode. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't find it particularly funny. I found parts of it funny. Like, I did not find it overall, like, laugh riotous. But it had some of those things, like, admittedly hearing the name Captain Badminton made me laugh. Captain what? <laughs> Badminton? Like, 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 like the, the sport? sport? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah, so, like, some, um, like, little gags like that yeah, definitely sure. got me. Yeah. I found most of the side characters way more compelling on Our Flag Meets Death, at least the beginning. Mm. I still don't love either Steed or Ed the most out of the entire show. Okay. And they are theoretically the two who are going to end up in love. I've only seen through episode seven. Okay, so is it basically just like a love story on a pirate ship? Yes. Okay, got it. I didn't know what to expect. That's why I, might, also, I was like, what like, is seen, this? Because I've seen some commentary that like everyone's calling it a comedy that mm. ends up being actually gay and not baiting you into thinking they're going to be in mm. love. So I do appreciate them for like taking the plunge. Sure, sure. But apparently in some of the interviews that... Uh, is it Taika Waititi? Is that how you yeah. say his name? Mm -hmm. Yes. Has said, like, he was, like, he considers it a romance. And I'm like, this is not paced like a romance, buddy. I am sorry. Here's the thing, I am, though. I would know, and this is not paced here's like a Here's the thing, though. Your character. I'm authority, do you but, know, But, bro? like, here's <laughs> the thing, though. If you watch any of Taika Waititi's stuff, he could be absolutely right because of the way he paces his own comedies. He could... Very yeah, full well no, maybe, but he's not a romance. His character, the love interest, doesn't even show up until episode three. Yeah, no. So here's my thing to balance off of all of that. There, <laughs> there is, this is my genre gripe. Allow me this genre gripe for a hot Please second. proceed. There Floor is something yours. happening across all the entertainment fields right now that makes me want to punch every creator who says things like Taika Waititi says, where they're like, well, in my view, no, sir. There is a bedrock of tradition that is <laughs> at least a century long. If you don't try, at the very least, to sit in that tradition, 
before you say something stupid, then you don't know what you're talking about. I don't care that your name is known. I don't care what it's known for. If you are not paying attention to what you're, the story you're trying to tell, then you're not shaping anything. You're just giving us soup. And some of it we might enjoy. And some spoonfuls we might go, this is too much. Why is there so much salt in here? Is there garlic? <laughs> Why is there a random bell pepper in here? I, yeah, you see. And like, I'm like, it's not not romantic. I, I'm like not trying to. Yeah, but that's dispute. not the same thing as being. Yes, a... but like, you know what happens by the end of Bridgerton episode one? You know who the heroine and the hero are. You yeah, know right. it very well. Yeah. And it has been signposted to you from about minute two that they're gonna end up married. And that's not a spoiler because that's how romances work. Yeah. What the journey is is what gets to be interesting. It precisely. So like, okay, so this dovetails into my my absolute favorite queer show of all time at this point. It can always change. Well, you still haven't seen Heartstopper. I still haven't seen Heartstopper. I still haven't seen the new um, Queer as Folk, which looks dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I want to see it, but I'm also like, let me just wait a year. Um, and I still haven't seen Pose, so you know there's some stuff. So there's Pose room. Pretty, but what is your current favorite? Content. My current favorite at this point is Looking, which I've, I it's a I watch it every year. Um, it is fantastic. It's on HBO. Um, it is how I fell in love with because I had already seen him in Glee, um, but um, Jonathan Groff. Thank you. It is how we I love fell John in love we with Jonathan John. Groff. Jonathan, Shout out to John. So ba the basic plot of Looking is Jonathan Groff playing the character of Patrick Murray, who is a video game level designer hey. in San Francisco. Of all, no, is it San Francisco or LA? It'd probably it be San, San Fran. I thought it was San Fran. But I've never seen San it, Fran. so I don't remember. Yes, it is San Francisco. Okay, I had to remember a line from the movie. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's how much I've seen this. Anyway, so yes, Patrick Murray is a game, video game leveling designer for a small company in San Francisco. And he, him and his, you know, other gay male friends go around the town, going to clubs, getting drunk, getting high, being gay men in San Francisco. Um, millennial. Millennial men. He's a millennial and a couple of the others are millennials and there's one older. Okay. You gotta have an older gay. <laughs> he's not AIDS era older gay, but he's older gay. Okay. Um, he's also the hottest one, but we're not gonna talk about that. Anyway, it is fantastic. It's I hate to use the word nuance because I've seen it used so so poorly lately because okay. everyone seems to think that nuance is like, you know, I was going to say that and that is very rude. They seem to think that it's the butt, the butt crack of the holy one. Like they're like, oh my God, nuance. And it's like, look, sometimes I don't want nuance. Sometimes I want the Mandalorian. Okay, get yeah. over it. Like I want something to be chicky and fun and crazy and, you know, string together a loosely put together plot. Does it always make sense? No, I don't really care because they shot some people and Baby Yoda's still alive. I'm happy. Um, <laughs> so, Blasters we, fired. We yes. ride at dawn if Grogu doesn't live. Yeah, right, exactly. But looking is aiming for that nuanced portrayal of what it actually feels like to be a 30-something, you know, a nearing 30-something person who has not yet fallen in love and Patrick has a lot of anxiety about what's wrong with him. And it always goes back to like, well, maybe it's because my parents, you know, didn't love me the way I wanted to be loved because when I came out, they were confused. And everyone else is like, Patrick, you were raised super high middle class. You got whatever you wanted. And you think Mommy Dearest is the best person in the world. And because she didn't like you being gay, oh, boo-hoo. Like, it's a fantastic Rollin' King thing. Um, there are romances in there. 
because, well, you know, that's kind of part of the point of the show. I don't know. I, I can't express well why I love it so much, <laughs> except that it's just, it's sexy when it needs to be sexy. It's funny when it needs to be funny. It's heartbreaking when it needs to be heartbreaking. There's an entire episode in season one that is probably my favorite episode in the whole show, where Patrick and, oh my gosh, Rick, Richie. Sorry, looking people. If you're out there, you can shoot me later. Patrick and Richie um, um, are seeing each other, and they just both decide to skip work for the day and just go on a date for the day. Okay. Um, so they show each other, you know, their San Francisco, and they just pal around the city, and it's a beautifully paced episode, and there's even, like, a Friends reference in there that should be lame but isn't because Patrick takes Richie to the what is it when you can see those buildings where you can take people to observatories see like, yeah it's, an, it's kind of an observatory yeah. yeah and they have like a whole star room or whatever and they start talking and they're like oh yeah this reminds me of when Rachel and um, Ross went to the thing and then they start having this very sort of casual conversation about okay well which one is Rachel and which one is Ross and they're like well I don't know isn't Rachel kind of the top? No, Rachel's not the top. Like, they just, it's fantastic. They like, it's great. It's great. I love the show. Sorry, I'm babbling. Can we, it's fantastic. Can we throw for like good TV shows? Um, we'll always talk a lot about it. The minute it comes up, we look for excuses to bring up um, Sense8. Oh, yes. I mean, that starts <laughs> off with one hell of a scene. I mean, a few minutes in yeah. um, between Naomi and um, Amanita, and yeah. um, which the actor, actress is. Transgender. Yes. I can't remember the real name. Jamie. Jamie Clayton. Thank you. Um, fantastic couple, and even the other character, Lido and Hernando. I love Hernando. My like, I love his lip flop. I do remember. It'll make Hernando. sense. Watch the show. Yes, because Hernando is the best. He's also hot. Yes. <laughs> so. But terrible. he's like he's such a good character. <laughs> I, I remember like, that. Like, Lido does not deserve Hernando. He grows. He grows, but like. <laughs> like there were so many times in that thing, you do not deserve Hernando. Get out of here, Lido. And he's like one of the main characters. Um, but like, how is that comparatively done? To, I mean, like, I mean, equality for representation. I have, yeah. I'm, I'm turning to her because she's the only the person that knows the show exists. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Thou shalt not play me. Okay. I saw. I watched yeah. six episodes in a row. No, I mean, I don't know about <laughs> representation, because I feel like sometimes it's such like a checkbox uh-huh. thing. It's like, oh, okay, I wanted to write a show set in a high school, so I've made sure to have a lesbian. And like, yes. and that's all yeah. anybody ever thinks about. Yes. I love how casual a lot of the things in Sense8 are, mm-hmm. in that, like, and I, I might have just seen this in an interview with the Wachowskis, but like, everyone's a little bit bi in Sense8. That's the Wachowskis. Yeah. They're like that in The Matrix, too. Everybody's buying The Matrix. Yeah. Like, at least in the cluster. Like, as much as there are people who obviously, like, have strong preferences one way or another, mm-hmm. or who end up in a, like, male-female relationship at mm-hmm. the end of the series, mm-hmm. some of the scenes, like, there's some affection being tossed around, and I'm like, okay, they did casual, but they seem into it. Yeah, right. Right. That's not who I expected them to be making out with in this moment, but like it works, it functions, mm-hmm. and it just is so. Like again, I appreciate that. Also, we get 
Nomi and Sensei, mm-hmm. and then we get Elle and Heartstopper, who are both trans women, who like, the mm-hmm. being trans is not like the crux of their storyline. Like they are already out, they are already established. There might be some references back to their past before they were out and all of that kind of yeah. thing. But yeah. the crux of their plot lines is not like, I'm trans and I need to come out about it. It's like, no, they're trans, they're having their lives. They get to have actual other crises in their life now. That is something that I am still waiting to see happen in a bigger way. I mean, it's happening. I mean, Pose has it. Um, Sensei has it. Heartstopper has it. And they seem, they there are these flash-in-the-pan moments, right? Like, I was expecting Heartstopper to have a bigger flash-in-the-pan moment than the previous two shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what's going to happen, right? It'll it'll go for some, Emmy, some Emmys. Possibly, I don't know, whatever. It'll go to the award circuit. Yeah. And it'll either do great and people will go, oh my god, and they'll run you the list of firsts, right? This is the first person yeah. ever, blah, 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 <laughs> whatever. And then, um, oh, and you see the same thing with Orange is the New Black. Shout out to Laverne Cox. Um, mm-hmm. I still have never seen the show. We're speaking of hard stuff for real quick. Can I cut in and go, the teachers? The teachers. The teachers. <laughs> okay, sorry. I know that's <laughs> what about the teachers? Mr. Farouk. <laughs> the teachers. <laughs> They're teachers, Missing. I got it. <laughs> All the teachers are gay on Heartstopper. <laughs> oh. I wasn't expecting the okay. teachers. I'm okay. Uh, there was like a split second where I was like, okay, maybe. And then all of a sudden he's kiss and I was like, hello? Now that. Paris I is can... romantic for many, many people on Heartstopper. <laughs> and when we get season two, I'm going to lose my entire No, see, I'm, I'm sorry. Can Anyways, can continue. I, can I just had to have my yeah. moment. Um, But yeah, I'm interested to see. I don't know if I'm interested, but I would like to see whether or not I'm going to get it. Um, mature trans representation in television. Movies are not giving it to me. That's just not going to happen. Let's be real. Um, but I want to see something that's not a flashlight thing where it's like, yeah. oh my God, look at this. You know, because it, it's okay. what I think one of the things that interested me about Schitt's Creek is how crazy everybody went over a white gay dude falling in love. I was like, wait a minute. We've seen this a hundred times. Why is this such a big deal? I get it. It's that specific gay white dude. And I'm never going to be mad about it. Like, I'm like, good. He's adorable. Let him fall in love too. But He needed Patrick in that example. Like, that Patrick was, it was painfully cute. And this is the kind of thing that can happen, I think, I had to remind myself, I haven't really, I've seen enough of the show to realize that it's not to my taste, and I'm okay with that, but it's the kind of thing that, it's it's a Ross and Rachel effect. Mm -hmm. People don't actually, the will they, won't they only works because people actually care about the character of Ross and the character of Rachel. Mm -hmm. They want what they want from them because they're desperate, and when you watch that show, like, especially when you binge it, you're, you're caught up in it. Like, you really, really, you know every argument, you know every, it's the same thing with David and Patrick. People yeah. fell in love with David, and then Patrick happened, and they're like, oh my god. Like That kind of thing I want to see more of, but I feel like there needs to be a better, there needs to be better material, if that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm asking for the moon. <laughs> I feel like, hmm. how no, I do feel you... Because like, as much as I, the one thing that I just deeply enjoy about Heartstopper, and that's going, it's just going to sound so basic of me. No, it can be basic. Is that, like, Charlie wins. Mm-hmm. In the same vein as Check, Please, and Biddy, mm-hmm. these two stories 
have their gay little main teenage boy characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get to have what they want. Mm. Just like every single girl in a teenage movie from the 2010s and before. Yes. They get to have that sort of, like, perfect first love teen fantasy feeling. A walk to remember. <laughs> and again, not that there isn't any struggle in their lives. Like, sure. Ben Hope is on my watch list. I see him in the streets and it's on. <laughs> ben now Hope look yeah. doesn't ben deserve Hope. rights. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, like, not that there isn't. Is he the Sebastian of the show? Yes. Ah, got it. Yeah. Like, not that there aren't some problems, but ultimately, sure. like, we are treating Charlie with love and affection. We have treated Fiddy mm-hmm. with love and affection. We get to treat yeah. Nick Nelson with love and affection as right. he comes to terms, like, realizes that he's bi, sure. comes to terms with coming out to the entire world and his yeah. homophobic friends and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that like, they just get to win and be happy at the end of the day, and there doesn't have to be a Any lot of, conflict. like, you know, they get to be happy, but only after ten seasons of will-they-won't-they they fighting sure. or et cetera, et cetera. That kind of thing. Like, they yeah. get We're to starting have. after the 10 seasons of Will They, Won't They? And we're just starting right into the yeah, season. Like, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally! Just they a do! Little, yeah. <laughs> I like that we're seeing a little more of, like, at the end of the day, this is going to be a show about good things happening to them. Or, like, there's certain mm-hmm. things as the comic gets further on. Yeah. Minor spoilers. All of this has been out for a while, so sorry, guys. But, like... Oh, the worst. As the comic goes on, we realize that Charlie actually has some very serious like he has some really deep-seated issues that he hasn't addressed he has a yet. real eating disorder that yeah. he has not even acknowledged to himself much much less anybody outside of there mm-hmm. and all those scenes come up and alice oseman puts her trigger warnings on the top of the comic like hey yep. we're going to talk about eating disorders in this they're episode. literally about the body and of the I'm, comic every single yeah. time i've been reading on what but i'm never afraid like oh god She's going to kill Charlie. She's going to sabotage him and Nick. She's going to make something bad happen. Mm-hmm. Because I can trust that for the like affection and care that she has for these characters, yes, they're going to go through it. They're going to have realistic lives. But it's not going to purposely traumatize them for the sake of being like dark and gritty and serious and important and all of this kind of thing. Yeah, right. And I think that's one of the things, like, so with looking, with Patrick and Richie, <laughs> there's a lot of... <coughs> There's a lot of will they, won't they, and I think you're supposed to want to punch Patrick Murray in the face. Because he is so bad. <laughs> Reminds, he never has fallen in love before. He's always been the guy to be like, all right, after four months, deuces, like, he just is gone. Because he just is not interested. What? Okay. Um, it's hard to keep talking. Got it. Um, so, I think what's interesting about Patrick and Richie's whole... Will they, won't they? First of all, it's only two seasons long, which is really sad because the show got canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they had to resolve it in the movie one way because if they didn't, we would have killed them. They would no longer be producing content, which makes would make me sad because Adam Silvera's show deserves to be written by the best. All of that aside, um, there's also an additional will they, won't they? Because Patrick Murray is Patrick Murray of Patrick and Kevin. So Patrick does a Grey's Anatomy. And sleeps with his boss. Whoops. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But his boss is in a relationship with someone else. This seems complicated. It's complicated. Um, so <coughs> season one is basically Patrick and Richie's, you know, will Patrick get his stuff together in order to earn Richie's love? And by the end of the season, spoilers for all you haven't seen it, really watching it is worth it. You don't need to, the spoilers don't matter. Anyway. <laughs> 
by the end of the season, Richie just looks Patrick in the face and is like, you're just not ready, and I'm not putting myself through this for you. Bye. <laughs> this is maybe an hour after Patrick has slept with Kevin and has spent the walk home thinking, should I tell him, should I tell him, should I tell him? <laughs> so... Season two picks up with Patrick carrying on his affair, secret affair, with his boss in a tiny company. Mind you, Kevin's office is nothing but windows. I was wondering if it was one of those things all the last situations. Terrible, awful office. They don't hide it very well, um, obviously. There is one great episode, the Halloween episode in season two is wonderfully disastrous wonderfully disastrous including ending with the monster mash um and one of the best drunk microphone um revelations okay it's great it's fantastic wonderful anyway um so i'm i i guess i'm so used to the will they won't they thing that or no i'm not going this this. is not i don't know like i'm not opposed to a good will they won't they yeah 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 but i feel like so much of television has sort of typically relied on, okay, well, we need to keep the tension up, Uh so we're going to do six seasons of Will They, Won't They, and they're not going to be happy until the end of the show. (laughs) Right, because if they're happy, then... Then Because we cannot possibly think of another source of drama to write than them just having relationship tension. Like, God, there's no other source of drama that exists in the (laughs) entire universe. (laughs) That is so much easier to write than coming into the boardroom every day. I'm so mad about... That. Glee 404, The Breakup. Yeah. To this day. Still. Ugh. The Breakup? Still. They broke up every single one of the major couples. They torpedoed all of them. All because of them. Because they didn't know how to write conflict that wasn't relationship-based. I'm sorry. I love Glee, yeah. but it's true. No, no, it's true. Yeah, it w- and it was Which maddening. is odd. And, like, some of it made literally... sense. Like, Finn and Rachel, you can kind of torpedo them a bunch. As much as I love Finn and Rachel... They're real easy to torpedo and get on track. Especially yeah, they, 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 they just don't. They don't. They just don't work. I I love them. I endgamed them until, you know, Cory Monteith also rest in peace. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I did too. But, like, Even the way they torpedoed Kurt and Blaine was just a disaster. Yeah. And I get, again, yeah. they wanted, they need some drama. They need to make sure that people can develop, blah, blah, blah. And almost, you can even forgive that until they torpedo them again at the beginning of season six. Yeah, that was. Uh, mm. And then that was also dates a weird Karofsky? <laughs> oh, right! <laughs> Which comes out of nowhere! I, yeah, and I think. I think that's one of those. In the bedroom. <laughs> oh, there's never buried here! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just think that there's. And there's something. Like, again, yeah. my thing about yeah. Heartstopper is, again, I know there will definitely be sources of struggle, there will be things, but ultimately, like, I just trust that the creator of Heartstopper, that the creator of Check, Please, I'm sure there's other media out there that mm-hmm. I'm forgetting about, mm-hmm. but those two specifically, I always had this trust that, like, okay, obviously we're going to hit some rough patches, but these creators actually care about the characters that they have created. Like, mm-hmm. they have deep affection for them, and ultimately they are going to win. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to worry about okay, what's Ryan Murphy gonna do to Curtin Blaine this week? Yeah, Ryan 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 Murphy is of old school. Let's hurt our characters and our viewers, and we can do it at the same time. We've won, yeah, kind of thing. You know, the uh, the Every guy who wrote Nip Tuck. Every time I watch AHS, Nip Tuck is rude. 
Yeah. Just so you know, also he rude. started that way. Like, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Nip Tuck, whatever, whatever. It's going to be, you know, fine. What? Oh, no. That show swung hard. And I was like, excuse me? What? No wonder. I mean, it was, you know, gave him his name. But the point is, that's Ryan Murphy. Yeah. No, I'm going to stick with Alice Oseman. Giving yes. us <laughs> yes. chaotic yeah. lesbians. Who's the showrunner for that? I forget. Alice wrote the scripts. I oh, forget who the okay. actual showrunner is, but Alice oh. wrote the scripts and like was on set. Cool. I think she was a producer, too. Oh, that's cool. I love that. You know the one thing I could do more without? What's to, that? To end my tirade of... I love, I love Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. I love him. He has only ever done two unforgivable things. And they're not really all that unforgivable because he's trying. <laughs> sweet old British white man that he is but when he announced that Mrs. Fink and Mrs. Forcible from Coraline are actually a lesbian couple and that there's definitely some more than just queer coding with Aziraphale and Crawley. Crawley in Good Omens I threw my laptop both times and I'm like bro stop it you have too many actual on-screen queer characters in Sandman to run around. Was he referring to the show? Because the... I thought they were going to make season two of the show a little more. He was referring even to the. He was saying that him and Terry had conversations about okay about how much they could get away with in the book. Um, and they got was, away with a lot. There was obvious. <laughs> they were like we because I mean, and Terry Terry Pratchett was a huge advocate. I mean, huge. He played no games. Um, Neil is very English, and, you know, the fact that he came out recently and was like, oh, yeah, Mrs. Fink and Mrs. Forceful, I'm like, sir. Like, I don't have a problem with it. I like Mrs. Fink and Mrs. Forceful, but, like, not enough to care that they're sleeping with each other, or that they're lesbians, or that they live together forever. I don't actually care. There doesn't need to be queer content here for you to be legitimate. Like, yeah. Coraline's a fine enough story without it. Like, no, I think that's something, and I'm going to throw my, like, four-second soapbox in here before we have to wrap <laughs> it up for the day. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Tony. Oh, Because I know your answer, this. and I know what my answer is. Yes. But I'm going to stir the pot. Is It's Gay a good enough thing to recommend a television Ooh. show? No. no. Thank you. That's literally the reason I have not watched Pose yet, because so many people have been like, it's for you. And I'm like, do you know what's for me? Does it have dragons? Does somebody die in the first episode? Like, <laughs> I want bonkers stuff because I like bonkers stuff. And if there happens to be somebody gay shacking up in the Mandalorian suit with the Mandalorian, I'm good. I'm there. Mando yeah. and random man that he sleeps with. Convent, but, you know. according to the internet. Right, but like, aside from that, if it doesn't have it, it doesn't have it, and I'm okay with that. I don't have to have queer yeah, like, and everything. I, not to, that it I, doesn't have to be like spoon fed to you. Yeah, so like I appreciate knowing, I guess, if a show is going to turn out to be sure. queer. Yeah. But like, I need, like, what is the plot? What's <laughs> happening? Yes. Is it a comedy? Yes. Is it a tragedy? Can is it, it keep my interest? Yeah. Yes. Like, is it actually well made? Yeah. Or are you just, do you still think it's 2005 and this doesn't exist anymore? Because I promise you more of it exists than you think it does. Exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, we won't even get into that where people are like, but I've never seen this in my whole life. And I'm like, you've never watched Noah's Ark? Wow. Clearly, I know it was a two-season logo show, but it was some 
great telephonist. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know, mm. what are you gonna do? Hope that we're gonna get on a podcast and complain about it. Yes, yes! we're gonna get on a podcast, complain about it, and have smack. All right, what's our smack? Sorry, I have two of them. Um, <laughs> And it wasn't until, like, you know, you guys started talking about lesbian characters that I remembered that some of them do exist, because it's very difficult in my brain to find them. That is true. There's that, not, not wrong. So characters. I have two different versions. I have the man, the all-male male, all male version and the all-female version. Oh, okay. oh, okay. I see. I was like, so, wait, what? All-male uh, lesbians? <laughs> the, no, the male version is, uh, you have your pick between Alec Lightwood, Nick Nelson, and Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> I know these characters so <laughs> I know two of them well enough to know that this is cruel for Jen. Jen. I have seen. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have personal attachment to all of them. Like, she didn't, even give, she didn't even give you Magnus Bane. She gave you Alec. Like, that's just mean. I don't want to like it actually. <laughs> Here's the thing. The initial one was Magnus, and then I walked down the stairs, and I went, oh, Wait, isn't there another one? Oh yeah, Alec. Let's use yeah, him instead. No, Alec. 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 That's meaner to choose Alec because yeah. Alec is a sweetie. <laughs> and then your female version is just themes of the theme is women who could step on me, and I would say thank you. <laughs> yes. So I have Annabeth, okay. <laughs> Black Widow, and Santana. Okay, that's an eclectic bunch. Ooh. Yes, but all three are women who could step on me. Kill Black say Widow because she's going out anyway. Um. Oh, wow. What? What? <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I'd marry Black Widow. Um, All day. Snog. Who was the other one? Uh, Annabeth, Black Widow, and then Santana from Glee. You'd marry Annabeth, um, wouldn't you? Ooh, yes, I don't know. obviously. Yeah, obviously, yeah. No, I also have... I also have... I also have... Yara Greyjoy on here, but I mean, you can ignore her if you want. Kill Yara Greyjoy. Like, bye. Girl, really? Queen of the what? Next. Um, oh, I picked that one specifically so Tony could go off. <laughs> it's saying something that I greatly prefer the young Greyjoy to his sister. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Hey, rude. Anyway, I don't know what to do with Annabeth and, 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 and Black, uh, not Black Widow, but Santana, Santana, because I love Santana. I guess I'm killing Annabeth, sorry. Oh. You can have her. Sorry, I've been still, Go to Tartarus I've been and get still like, deeply pondering the Alec Blaine Nick question. Yeah, I, I want to hear like, this. Because it's like twisting. I literally made stroke. that question, and then I went, oh, Jen's going to hate me for this one. I'm, and then I was okay. like, I'm going to do you it anyway. I will just throw my hat into the ring because I don't know what to do with the other two because I don't know Nick well enough, and that's an unfair fight. I am marrying Alec because Alec is a sweetie. I love him. I want Alec. I've wanted Alec from okay. word one. So Alec's That's mine. It. I think I'm marrying Blaine anyways. So. You would marry Blaine. Yes, uh, of, course of course I you would. would. Blaine Anderson. Yes. yes. And I think, like the thing is. You're marrying Harry Potter. <laughs> I just love Nick Nelson too much. I, I mean, I was thinking the same way you were and I feel so bad. My actual yeah. human sunshine. <laughs> and I like. I both love him, and like if we were in a similar age bracket, because like I can't forget that the actual actors playing these characters are, also are like, like underage, and I cannot sure. go there. Yes, yes. But like I love screen Nick Nelson like my own son, mm -hmm. and if there was a Nick Nelson in my age bracket, I would be doing whatever it took to marry him. Ah, wait. So you all just marry both of them? 
I was going to kiss Nick Nelson, Mary Blaine, and probably get cursed into oblivion by Magnus. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And And also die. (laughs) And only would he, only after cursing you would he discover that he had the cure for raising Alec back from the dead all along, and he'd be like, oh man. So now he's got to do it for both you two. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) because it's Cassie Clare. Whatever she can do to overly complicate. I love it. Yes. That's not a criticism. You know. She likes to twist the characters up into knots. So, all right. It's been a podcast, people. It sure has. It's, it's been a podcast. What's next? D and D, I think. Happy yes. birth. Happy early birthday, Gary Gygax. Gary all right. D and D. Did I share the document D&D. for you? All? Yes. yes, you did. D&D. Everyone, get your D&D. the alignment. Yeah, the alignment one, I think, is the most important one. But like, if you yeah. want to go the extra mile, I think you need to bring us all some dice. So Everyone, we can get your D twenties ready. Oh, I do right. dice. I don't. Oh god, I, I have a lot. <laughs> it's gonna be the noisiest podcast <laughs> Like this one of me screaming the whole time was not. Oh, I listen. Maybe you could, like, as we talk, you create your character, like, okay, and pick your class, your race. We should print out character creation pages. I have two characters. I will use either one of them. Because I love them both. But until then, fair listener. Yeah. Goodbye. We gotta go. Peace out. Happy Friday. (laughs) 